Amen. Let's open our Bibles this morning to Luke chapter number 4 as we continue our study in the gospel according to Luke this morning. Luke chapter number 4. And we'll begin uh, reading uh, in verse, uh, we're going to just dive in this morning. It's an interesting passage. I told Matt early this morning in the office that pray for me, I have demons this morning, okay? We're studying about demons in the passage this morning, all right? So it's, uh, we're going to just dive right into this this morning, and I'm thankful for the Word of God. That, that song definitely ministered to my heart this morning, and I hope that it did yours. We need the Lord this morning, don't we? I was uh, just thinking, I know this week, of course, uh, Melanie lost her mom. My secretary uh, lost her mom this week, and uh, we rejoiced in the, the hope of heaven, and we're thankful for heaven. And then, of course, the Basses, Tori Bass's mom went home to be with the Lord yesterday. And those moments always get me just thinking about heaven. I believe it this morning. It's real, and I'm looking forward to it. It gets sweeter every single day, doesn't it? We're going to look at that a little bit this morning even in our text. Let's look at verse 31, Luke chapter number 4, verse number 31, as we continue in the gospel according to Luke. And he came down to Capernaum, the city of Galilee, and taught them on the Sabbath days. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power. And in the synagogue there was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil, and cried out with a loud voice, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. And when that devil had thrown him in the midst, he came out of him and heard him not. And they were all amazed and spake among themselves, saying, What a word is this, for with authority... And power he commanded the unclean spirits, and they come out. And the fame of him went out into every place of the country round about. He arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house. And Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever, and they besought him for her. And he stood over her and rebu- rebuked the fever, and it left her. Immediately they arose and ministered unto them. Verse 40, Now when the sun was setting, all they that had any sick with diverse diseases brought... Uh, brought them unto him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. The devils also came out of many, crying out and saying, Thou art Christ, the Son of God. He rebuking them, suffered them not to speak, that they knew that he was Christ. When it was day, they departed and went into a desert place and sought him and came unto him and stayed him, that he should not depart from them. And he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore am I sent. And he preached in the synagogue of Galilee. Let's pray this morning. We'll jump into this text. Father, we do love you. Lord, we thank you that you are that comforter. Lord, we thank you in times of grief and times of need that you do hold our hand. Lord, I pray this morning as we teach and preach your word, Lord, I pray that we'd see you high and lifted up. God, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts. Father, we gather this morning to worship you, to lift up your holy name. God, we've come not to hear from a man, but Father, we've come to hear from you. Lord, I pray that you would encourage our hearts this morning. Lord, I pray that you would draw us closer to you. Lord, I pray for those that don't know you this morning, that you would draw them to yourself. God, bless everything that's said and done in this place. We'll be careful to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. Your precious and your holy name we pray. 
Amen. If you'll notice in verse number 31, of course, we've seen Jesus came on the scene. Just a quick review. Jesus come on the scene. He was baptized in the Jordan River by John. He was led into the Spirit. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, as we saw a few weeks ago, to be tempted of Satan. He overcame that temptation after he'd been there for 40 days and he had fasted. And Satan comes to him. He answered that temptation by the word of the Lord. And then he 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 goes to Galilee and begins his earthly ministry. Here in verse number 31, as you'll notice, he comes down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and he taught them on the Sabbath days. We, we looked at this quickly last week. Something interesting about Jesus is he always went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. He was faithful to the place of worship. He would go there and he would teach. And uh, Verse number 32, it says this, and as he was teaching, look at this, they were astonished at his doctrine for his word was with power. When they heard him speak, he spoke as no other man had ever spoken. It, by the way, it, it astonished them. And I've, I've heard some preaching in my lifetime that's astonished me, and I'm thankful for it every single time. But can I just say this? Great preaching and great preaching with authority has nothing to do with the tone. It's not by the loudness of the message. I mean, it's by the anointing of God and about the message that's being preached. Just because a man gets up and screams at you for an hour doesn't mean it's anointed preaching. Okay, somebody track with me. I've heard a lot of screaming that wasn't preaching. Somebody help me this morning. I've heard a lot of loud sermons that were no more Bible than what we would have seen on TV last night, okay? Good preaching and powerful preaching and authoritative preaching is the very words of God. And as he was teaching and as he was preaching, listen, there was no question that this was the anointed one. This was the man of God for the hour. This was Jesus. And he spoke like no one else had ever spoke. Man, I've heard anointed preaching. And by the way, if you've ever heard it, you know it. Somebody help me this morning. I've heard a lot that wasn't. It's not about how loud it is, but it's how loud the message is. They said this, it astonished them. Man, it astonished them. Look at verse 33. And in the synagogue there was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil. And he cried out with a loud voice. So Jesus here in the synagogue, this is the first time in in the Gospel of Luke that he's going to encounter a demon-possessed man. Now this is something that as we follow Jesus' ministry, he's going to come into contact with over and over again. So I just want to stop and just for a minute, we're going to work through the text, but I think we need to, I think it bears us stopping and looking at what is this, when it talks about a unclean spirit or when it talks about a demonic or a demon possessed man, what does that look like? We know that Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 6 verse number 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We must be reminded this morning, and we don't like to talk about it, we don't like to go there, but we need to remind it there's a whole lot more going on than just what we see. There's a spiritual battle that is going on behind the scenes. You see, demons have a beginning, a present activity in a place that they are destined to. Originally, they were angels, Satan being the highest ranking angel. They lived in heaven. They even worshipped God at one time. But if you remember your Bible, Satan rebelled in his pride against God. The prophet Isaiah said this in Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 14. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? 
son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thy heart. So in this text, in Isaiah the prophet, Satan had, there's five I wills that Satan said that God basically said, uh-uh, you're out of here. And this is what he said. I will, uh, he, he said, for thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will extol, exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mountains of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. And here it is. This is what Satan's wanted since the beginning. I will be like the Most High. He says this, I will ascend unto heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mountain of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. And here's his, here's his desire. And this has always been desire and it's still his desire. I will be like the Most High. And man, God, what, is, what did God do, man? He kicks him and those other angels that were involved in this coop, if you will, out of heaven. And listen, we must understand this morning that Satan does have power. Man, he has done miracles. Uh, he has blinded eyes. We've seen that. Man, you look across our world today, he's the great deceiver. What we're seeing going on in our world and in our world, it shouldn't surprise us. Listen, this is the hour of Satan here on this earth. Many that don't even realize it are being blinded by him. He's, he's subtle. He, even if you go back to Genesis chapter number 3. Man, he was the most subtle in the garden. Listen, he's powerful, but he's not omnipotent. He's intelligent, but he's not omniscient. Listen, he is influential, but he's not omnipresent. The Bible, the, the literal, word, literal word for Satan means this, deceiver or accuser or tempter. Man, so he, he was, because of that pride and rebellion, they were cast out of heaven. In the present, their purpose is to derail the plan of God, and move forward the plan of Satan. They are, they are behind uh, the evil that's going on in the world that's dominating those that don't follow Christ. By the way, John 8.44, and we don't like this type of preaching, and I know it's not popular, but listen, John 8.44, Jesus calls those that aren't saved by the grace of God the children of Satan. He is the, uh, he's the little g God of this world at this present time. Scripture calls him this, the prince of this world. Scripture even alludes to this, I thought this was interesting, that Satan and the demons at this point still have access to travel back from earth and into heaven. And then during the tribulation period, after that battle with Michael and the holy angels, Satan and his demons are permanently cast out. Revelation chapter number 12 says this, stay with me, we're going somewhere this Revelation 12 says this, And there was a war in heaven, and Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dra dragon fought, and his angels, and prevailed not. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. All through Scripture, you're going to find this idea of evil, spiritual wickedness. They made their first appearance in Genesis chapter number 6. They're mentioned in Leviticus and Deuteronomy and in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, most of the record is found in the, the synoptic gospels which we're studying. Let me just say this. There is a war and there is a battle that's going on behind the scenes. And we're going to get to this, but the good news for us is if we're believers, can I just remind you, I've read the end. Is anybody out there at all this morning? And listen, all the craziness that's going on in this world, one day is going to be made right. Look at verse number 34. So that's who it's talking about when it says, listen, he was possessed by the devil. It's one of those fallen angels. And look what happens here in verse number, let's look at verse number uh, uh, 34. 
Look what this demon says. This is interesting. He says this. Let us alone. What have we to do with thee? Look how this, look how this demon addresses Jesus. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Notice these next phrase, because they know what's coming for them. Okay? They know what's coming. Look what he said. Thou, are thou here to destroy us? And then, he, look what this demon says. I know thee who thou art. And look how he refers to him. This is interesting to me, because the people that should be following God aren't, and the demons even know who he is. Thou art the Holy One of God. Man, this demon even knew who Jesus was. This demon knew what his end is going to be. Look at verse number 35. Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. And when the devil had thrown him in the midst, he came out of him and heard him not. So Jesus just simply speaks. Man, he's, a, he's powerful when he speaks, isn't he? Man, he just speaks, and that demon throws the man on the ground and comes out of him. Look at verse 36. And they were all amazed and smake among themselves. Those that were watching here in the synagogue saying, What a word is this? For with authority and power he commanded the unclean spirits and they come out. They were blown away by this. The fact that when Jesus spoke, they had never seen anything like this before. I mean, when Jesus just spoke, those demons came out. Look at verse 37. Look what ends up happening. And the fame of him went out into every place in the country round about. I mean, he speaks with this authority. He speaks with this power. It, it amazes people. His fame begins to spread. Verse 38. <clears throat> and he arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house. That's Simon Peter. And Simon's wife's mother. Why can't it just say Simon's mother-in-law? Somebody help me, okay? Simon's wife's mother was taken out with a great fever, and they besought him for her. So Simon's mom is sick, mother-in-law is sick, so they, they heard about what Jesus has been doing, they heard about how he's working, so they're looking for Jesus, they, they ask Jesus, hey, can you heal my mother-in-law? Is any son-in-laws prayed for that? Somebody help me this morning, we need to get right this morning, all right? Look at verse number 39. Jesus stood over her, so first of all, he rebukes the demon, now look what he's doing. He rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she arose and ministered unto them. Man, he, he heals her. He casts he cast that fever out, and she doesn't just get better. Like, man, she's up, and what does it say she's doing? She's serving. Man, he heals her, and she's not still weak from that sickness. Man, she's ministering unto them. Look at verse number 40. Now, when the sun was setting, all they that had any sick with diverse diseases brought them unto him, and he laid his hands on every one of them, and he healed them. So it's a new day. It's the day after the Sabbath. He had just healed uh, Peter's mother-in-law, and now people are bringing people from all over for him to touch and to heal him. Verse number 41, And the devils also came out of many, crying out and saying, Thou art Christ the Son of God. He rebuking them, suffered them not to speak, for they knew that he was Christ. So he's casting out demons. Man, these demons, once again, guess what they know? They know he's the Messiah. They know that he's the anointed one. Verse 42, and when it was day, he departed into a desert place. That simply means this, an isolated place. And the people sought him, and they came unto him, and they stayed him. 
that he should not depart from him. So, man, he's been doing these works. He, he's, he's finally kind of, this is what he was doing. When you see Jesus healing, he wasn't just healing for the purpose of healing. He was verifying that he was deity. He was telling people who he was. So, man, he's been healing. He's casting out demons. He ends up going into a desert place. The people are searching for him. They're looking for him. They're besotting him. They want, they want to be with him. Verse 43 and they find him, and he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore am I sent. So he's listen, listen, I've preached here, I've presented myself here, you've seen who I am here, I've got to go to another town, and I've got to tell the message, of, I've got to give the message of the kingdom. I've got to give that, not just that authority to heal, not just that authority over the demons, I've got to give that, that, that authority that's over the kingdom, and that my kingdom is coming. Verse 44, and he preached in the synagogues of Galilee. His purpose for coming, we understand, was to die on the cross. We, we understand he was born to die. In his three and a half year ministry, <coughs> what he would do, he would heal the blinded eye. Man, he would even raise the dead. Man, he would, all for the purpose of this. Man, so that people would know that he was who John the Baptist said he was. And that he, they would know that he was who he said he was. He was verifying his divinity. There's three things this morning that we can take away from his text that I want us to be reminded of. And first of all, his, listen, notice this. He, Jesus, the God-man, 100% man, but 100% God. Listen, he had divine authority. He had divine authority. He was different than any other man that had ever lived. Now there's some even today. No one will argue with the existence of Jesus. Historical fact, people that, that aren't Christians and aren't believers would not even argue with that the fact that Jesus really lived. Where the argument comes in and where, the, where what separates what we believe, those of us that have been saved by the grace of God, and what everybody else believes is we literally believe he was God in the flesh, the third part of the Trinity, if you will, the Son of God, if you will. We believe that he has divine authority. How do we believe that? Or why do we believe that? Because he performed divine action. Listen, he was the same one that was present for creation. John chapter 1, verse number 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made by him, and nothing, listen, and without him was not anything made that was made. Jesus always has been and always will be. He has divine authority. Not only did he perform divine action in creation, he performed divine action in the fact that he forgave sin. He's the only man, if you will, that has the power to forgive sin. Man, Jesus, the God-man, he exercised judgment in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 1. He was, he was uh, worshipped. He had Here's a big one. He had a divine conception. He was born like no other person was ever born. He had an earthly mother and a heavenly father. He was born of a virgin. He wasn't just, and even some will try to say, oh, she was just a young girl. Uh, you know, she would, No, she was of the Bible. Word of God says it multiple times. He was conceived of a virgin. If that is not true, he is not the son of God. He is not God in the flesh. But listen, he, he had a divine conception. That's something that separates us. He had a divine appearance at will. I mean, we could go study that transfiguration. I mean, 
And he has divine characteristics. Just a few of them this morning. He's eternal. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and, uh, and the end. He is omniscient, meaning this. He is all-knowing. He is omnipresent, meaning this. He is everywhere. He is omnipotent, which means this. He is all-powerful. He has the authority over every creation. Now understand, yes, Satan has some authority, but Jesus has more authority, okay? There's nothing in this world, and you hear me say this a lot, even the evil, that God does not allow or ordain. That's tough. Because people will say, how could a loving God allow people to go to hell? You ever had somebody say that before? I think of it this way. How could a loving God allow any of us to go to heaven? Man, how could he allow any of us? How could a loving God sacrifice his son to redeem each one of us? I ain't sacrificing my daughter for nobody. You see, sometimes we think of it in the wrong way. How could he allow anybody to go to hell? How could he allow anybody to go to heaven? You going to lay your child down for the life of somebody else? I'm not. There ain't nobody I love that much. But aren't you thankful this morning that in his divine authority that he loves you and he loves me that much? And we can't even process that type of love this morning. We can't even process the depth of that type of love. Listen, he has a divine authority. He is different than any little G God that ever lived. You say, how do we know that? Man, he had power over death. Man, he had power. We're going to see that this morning. Aren't you thankful we don't serve a dead Savior? Not only does he have a divine authority, but listen to this. Secondly, he has authority over all evil. He has authority over all evil. I love 1 John 4. 4. I quoted a couple weeks ago. I'm going to quote this morning. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He has divine authority over evil. Turn with me if you have your Bibles this morning to Revelation chapter number 20. I want to show you this quickly. Revelation chapter number 20. This is a powerful 15 verses here. And I don't mean to bore you with the Bible this morning. This is awesome. Because God is going to settle the store. Look at this. Revelation chapter 20, verse number 1. <coughs> The word of God. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon. And I love how the King James referred to it. That old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. He cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more. Because, that, by the way, that's what he's doing. He's deceiving the nations. All this crazy stuff you're seeing in the world is Satan deceiving people. Till the thousand years should be fulfilled, and after that he must be loosed for a season. Verse 4, And I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Talking about the millennial reign. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death had no power. But they shall be priests of God and, and, and shall reign with him a thousand years. And when the thousand years are expired... Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the, the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is the sand and the sea. 
They went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp and the saints about and they beloved city. And the fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. Here it is. The devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. That they shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Here's the thing we've got to understand as we're living in this world. You ever look around this world right now and it's just you're like what in the world is going on? Like, what have we lost our ever-loving mind? And a lot of us, yes, we have. But we see this stuff. And, man, I hear, I watch, you know, I, I see all these people posting about this thing. And, oh, they showed this at the Grammys. You know, I see all that stuff. And they, why in the world do we think lost people aren't going to live like lost people? How in the world do we expect? Is everybody tracking me on that? we got to understand, right now, Satan is the prince of this world. There's people that are deceived by him. I mean, there are people that don't know they're following him, but they are following him. They've been deceived, and they've been blinded. Listen, since the garden in Genesis chapter 3, he's been messing with people. He's been trying to, he's been trying to, to say this. Listen, this is what his whole ministry is about. I'm going to be as high as God. And right now, you know what? God's, it seems like God's allowing him to win for a minute, doesn't it? I mean, it's, y'all don't see what's going on? I mean, it seems like God's allowing him to win right now. I mean, it seems with the immorality that's spreading across our nation, with the craziness. I mean, we're so stupid and so deceived right now, we don't know the difference between a boy and a girl. And I'm not trying to be mean or even funny. That's what the heck's going on. And you know what that is? That's the work this morning of evil and of Satan in this world. They're deceiving our, he's deceiving our kids. We've got kids, we've even got good kids right now because we're, we keep our mouth shut and we're getting used to it that it's not even an issue for us. Can I, and I'm just saying this as a side note. God created Adam and Eve. There's two genders this morning. Puke on anybody that says anything else. And I'm not trying to be mean this morning. God knows, Satan knows this. If he gets the family... And he gets the home. Guess what he gets? He gets the church. If he gets the church, he knows this. He gets, the, he gets the city. And if he gets the city, he gets the county. And if he gets the county, he gets the state. And if he gets the state, he gets the country. And if he gets the country, he gets the world. And let me just remind you this morning, it starts in your home. And let me just say this, and I'm not trying to be mean. Turn that off when it comes on TV. Some of us are getting used to stuff that we would have never been used to anymore. Huh? It's starting to infiltrate us right now. And you know what? If we're not careful, we're going to be deceived by the deceiver and say, you know what? And I'm not talking hate this one. We love, man, I've seen God change people's lives out of wickedness. I've seen God do all that. But let me just say our young people and our kids over my dead body, is that stuff accepted in the house of God by the people of God? Somebody help me this morning. Doesn't mean God doesn't love. Doesn't mean God doesn't change. Doesn't mean God doesn't redeem. Doesn't mean God doesn't forgive. But if we're not going to stand up and say anything, who is? Why the world's going to hell and people are getting to say, deceive. Some of us are sitting there like it's no big deal. I'm just here to remind you it is a big deal and I'm going to give an account for this church and for us someday. We've got to stand for truth, y'all. He's trying to deceive us. This is what Satan's trying to do his entire life. This is what he says in Isaiah, remember? See, he says this, I will, right? And you know what Jesus says? Uh-uh, I am. Satan says, I will ascend unto heaven. You know what Jesus says? 
I created heaven. Satan says, I will put my throne in heaven. You know what Jesus says? My throne is in heaven. Satan says, I will sit on the mountain of the congregation. Jesus says, I'm already there. Satan says, I will ascend above the clouds. Jesus says, I am above the clouds. Satan says, I will be like the most high. I love this. Jesus says, I am the most high. You know What ends up happening? We start getting a little bit distracted. And I wonder how many of us, and I just want us to maybe, some of you ever woke up and you couldn't see real good? You stubbed your toe. And you're a good Christian, but you still cussed. Can't see good. You're wandering around. And, I mean, I, I do this sometimes because I'm on the road. I'll wake up in the middle of the night. I have to go to the bathroom thinking I'm, on my, I'm in my house. and I'm in a hotel room and I go the wrong way. You know, that can be a major problem. Somebody help me this morning. We go wrong direction a little bit. I wonder how many of us this morning are going, we're, we're going the wrong direction and he's deceiving us. Yeah, maybe we know him. But things in our lives that, is everybody, man, I just want us to stop and think this morning. Jesus still has authority over that stuff. Every knee's going to bow. Every tongue's, every tongue's going to confess this morning. I just want to encourage you. Man, when it comes to these deceits of Satan that are going on and they're blatant, Stuff we used to hide in the back, now it's public. These, these small voices that aren't the majority, by the way, are given the biggest platform. And I'm just saying this, in, the, in grace and in love and in truth, you know we can still stand for Jesus in an evil day. He's the light of the world. I told somebody this week, these are some of the greatest days to serve the Lord. You know why? I believe that the light shines the brightest when it's dark. And can I just ask you, are you shining your light? Are you shining your light? We're either, listen, we're either adding to the darkness or we're adding to the light. Man, are you living in a way where people can see, man, they got the grace of God. They've got the love of God all over them. Don't get, can I maybe say it this way, don't get discouraged. Jesus is still on the throne. That's what I want to tell you this morning. Man, I'll, so there's times where I'll look around and I'll be like, what in the world is going on? Like, this is insane. This is crazy. These people, can we be that stupid? Man, we must be reminded this morning, he's still on the throne. I like the old preacher said this, Satan, this is your hour and the power of darkness. But I love this. He says this, but Sunday's coming. Sunday's coming. Thirdly, his authority, oh, I love this, over sin and over death. Aren't you thankful for just simple verses like I'm about to read you, John 3, 16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Y'all listen, that whosoever... Believeth in him, should not perish, but what? Have eternal life. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. 1 Corinthians 15 is a great passage for all believers to study about the resurrection of Jesus. It says this, For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. He was buried, and I love this, and I believe it, and he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Y'all listen, this is the hope we have in a dark world. Listen, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trump shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall all be changed. Listen, for this corruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written. And here it is. Listen to these words. The hope that we have. Death 
is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? The sting of sin is death. And the strength of sin is the law. But, I love this, thanks be to God who give us the victory through Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, this is what we're to do. What are we to do in dark days? What are we to do when Satan's winning? What are we to do when the world's lost its mind? Be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I just want to remind you this morning, as bad as it gets on this earth, as much sin and as much death and as much heartache and as much heart. There's coming a day when our King and our Savior and our Lord, hey, that trumpet's going to sound and we're going to see Him face to face and all that's wrong in this world is going to be made right. Hey, He's going to crush that old slew-foot serpent's head one day and send him to hell where he belongs and He's going to reign forever. Can I just remind you, church, this morning, hey, that's the hope we have. Hey, that's the reason we sing. That's the reason we clap. That's the reason we shout. Be ye steadfast, unmovable, all Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Man, I'm thankful this morning that He has authority over that evil. I'm thankful this morning that He's authority over that sin. I'm thankful this morning that He has authority over that death. I'm thankful, and I believe it with everything that's in me, that there's, listen, when we breathe our last breath, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And I don't believe for a second that we're, listen, we're not in some intermediate place where our souls are asleep. No, when we die, we are in the presence of God if we know Him. Listen, we are there. We are in His presence. We are worshiping Him. We're going to see Him face to face one day. Let me just say this to you. If you're here this morning and you're not 100% sure that you'd see Him, if you breathe your last breath in just a minute, we're going to have an invitation. There's going to be some counselors down on this front row, and they love to sit down and not tell you what some Baptist says, not tell you what some man says, but show you what God's Word says, how you can know for sure that heaven's your home. Maybe you're here this morning. Y'all listen to me, church. I think some of us, I believe, you've seen all this stuff about toxic masculinity and all these things. Have y'all seen all that stuff? I think the problem with the church, this is what it is. It's toxic passivity. Some of us are just going through life, we're going through church, we're going through things, and we just don't simply care. I wonder how many of us need to get serious about this thing again and decide, I'm going to be steadfast. I'm going to be unmovable. Man, I'm going to be abounding in the work of the Lord. We've got one shot at life, church, to bring Him glory. Man, I want to encourage you to be living for that day when we see Him face to face. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes, stand to our feet. The altar's open this morning as Matt sings.